It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Trisha TV Association. What's good? How's everybody doing? Hopefully you're doing well. End of July here. We just had our final golf major of the season. NFL training camps. Teams beginning to report and practices getting underway. So football right around the corner. And a little bit of college football news as well. And plenty of soccer transfer rumors and uh, incomings and outgoings. So that's what we will do on the pod. So Brian Harmon wins the Open Championship. We'll talk about Brian Harmon's great accomplishment. Um, And listen, did I want him to win? Absolutely not. But you got to give the guy credit. So that's what we will talk about in the kickoff. Then we'll do a full round-by-round 151st Open Championship recap into some soccer transfer rumors, NFL headlines, and more. So that is uh, what is on the docket for this pod. Brian Harmon winning the Open and the little round-by-round recap. Soccer transfer rumors go through the Premier League teams and some of the other big clubs around Europe. NFL headlines and a little bit of college football at the end of the program. I almost have the football preview schedule set. I'll announce it on next week's pod. How about that? So there you go. The uh, previews, the over-unders, all that stuff we will talk about. We will give the schedule away for uh, that next pod. How about that? So let's get into it. Kate off. Brian Harmon wins the Open Championship, the 26th ranked player in the world, his first major And at 36 years old, he's the oldest first-time major champion since Sergio Garcia, who won the Masters in 2017 at the age of 37. It's his third PGA Tour victory, first since 2017 Wells Fargo Championship, the six years and 77-day drought, fourth longest winless drought uh, in the PGA history that's been snapped by a player's first major championship. That's from ESPN Stats and Information. That was pretty cool. His previous best showings in majors, he was second at the 2017 U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. Famously, Kepka kind of ripped it away from him on Sunday. He finished sixth last year at the Open Championship at uh, St. Andrews, of course, in Scotland, the home of golf. How about this stat? Since 2017-2018, he had 29 top 10 finishes on tour. That was the most of any player without a victory. So, Um, those are some of the stats. How did he get it done? Well, he only hit it in three bunkers the entire tournament. The storyline of this tournament, and a lot of it was, if you can avoid the bunkers, you can put up good scores. If you can hole putts, you can put up good scores. And he avoided the bunkers. He had six bogeys, and four of the six, he bounced back with birdies right away. So, kept it out of the bunkers, bounced back after bogeys, and the putting was insane. 58 of 59 inside 10 feet. Now, I can understand people being like, oh, that statistics ballooned because he made so many three-footers or two-footers or tap-ins after he lagged it up there. Well, he made a 40-plus footer. I think that was on Sunday or Saturday. He made a bunch of 20 to 40-footers, okay? And from 5 to 10 feet, he only missed one putt. So inside of 5 feet, he was perfect. From 5 to 10, I believe he missed one putt. So inside 10 feet in total, 58 of 59. I mean, that's outstanding. Uh, The lefty, he joins Bob Charles, who won it in 63, and Phil Mickelson, who won it in 2013, as the only left-handed players to win a Claret Jug. 
He's the first Open champion to lead by five or more shots after rounds two, three, and four since Henry Cotton in 1934. The six-stroke margin of victory matches the second largest in Open Championship history. Only Tiger Woods uh, win at St. Andrews in 2000 by eight uh, bested Brian Harmon. He joins the list of Americans to win the Open by six shots. Pretty cool list here. Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, Arnold Palmer, Johnny Miller, Tiger Woods, Brian Harmon. So a guy that had a game plan, executed the game plan, hit fairways, stayed out of the rough, avoided bunkers in the fairway, avoided bunkers near the green. You never really had to see him pitch out sideways or do anything crazy like that. Yes, he did take a drop on Sunday with the Gorse Bush early on in his round that led to a bogey, but he bounced back. So I, I would say this. You got to give the guy credit. Like, as much as for myself, I want big names to win majors, like guys getting their second or third or multiple major, or young players that I know are going to challenge for multiple majors. Like, listen, it's great that Brian Harmon has, is a major champion for him. That's awesome. Fantastic. But guys like him, Jimmy Walker, Gary Woodland, Webb Simpson, like these one time major champions that. Has Webb or Jimmy done anything? You know, so, and I'm not trying to knock these guys because you can't take it away from their major champions. Congratulations. That's unbelievable to, to win one of these big tournaments that the four tournaments that are highlighted that are not a part of the tour, but everybody wants to win them. They're so important. It's how the greats are measured. How many majors do you have? Did, did you win different ones? Did you only win at one place? Like, all these things matter when we talk about the history of golf and it's great for Brian Harmon. It's great for guys like I mentioned, Jimmy Walker, Gary Woodland, um, Charles Schwartzel, all these guys that won once. Congratulations to them. But, oh, if he's, if Brian Harmon's not in this tournament, we have an unbelievable Sunday with so many guys within one shot. I mean, you look at that leaderboard at the end of the tournament. Rom, Day, Tom, Kim, Straka finish at 7-under. Rory and Grillo finish at 6-under. Cam Young finishes at 5. So, and and there's Fleetwood and Homa at 4. So, there was just, this leaderboard was stacked, except there was a guy in front of them that would not relent. And Thursday, he shot a very strong round. Friday, he shot a very strong round. And... For that Friday into Saturday, for to him to go out early on Friday, shoot that number, post that number in the clubhouse, and sit on five strokes for 24-plus hours, and then sit on five strokes again for a little less than 24 hours because they went off a little earlier on Sunday than they did Saturday, the, le the leaders in the tee times. But that's a hell of an accomplishment, and you got to tip your hat. And, you know, even though... I don't want to say I was rooting against him, but I didn't want him to win. I wanted other guys to come take it from him. And if he could bogey a couple holes to bring it back to some of those guys to take it from him, great. I didn't want him to go out and shoot 82 on a final day. You know, if he backed it up with a 74 or something, it would have been nice. But, no, you got to give this guy a ton of credit. And I think it gives, you know, guys that I like, like a Kevin Kisner or some of these other guys that, you know, Joel Damon or... You know, I'm not trying to knock these guys, but 
nobody's ever going to get in an argument saying Kevin Kisner's a better player than Roy McIlroy. Is my point, right? Nobody's going to get an argument that's going to say Brian Harmon is a better player than John Rahm. But the point that I'm arguing, the point that I'm making is it's great that these guys win their majors. But if Brian Harmon's not there in this leaderboard, we could have had a all-time great finish with some of the big names in golf today. And if you're like, AJ, but Brian Harmon won by six shots. So there. Yeah, he did. And credit to him. He deserved it. He put it out of his mind. He stayed out of the bunkers. He he was brilliant. He bounced back after bogeys. Okay? He played a near-perfect tournament. So, congratulations to him. Credit to him. Him and his family, him and his support staff, all those Georgia Bulldogs that were going nuts for the little lefty. And he loves the Claret Jug, and he's a major champion. And nobody can take it away from him, which is great. But, you know, and also uh, the the fans, and for a lot of, you know what, for a lot of the crap that American golf fans get, I don't know if they would have been saying stuff like that to Brian Harmon. I'm not sure. I don't know. Now, you can say, AJ, they were saying stuff to Wyndham Clark. Fair. Fair. But they were being cheeky about it across the pond. And I didn't really like that. And also, I did like the course. We'll get to the course after we talk about it. But you got to give the guy credit. Stay out of the bunkers. Bounce back after bogeys. Put it out of his mind. Uh, those are really the three keys when you're thinking about open championships. Because some of these places have big greens. Some of these places you have double greens. Obviously not at Royal Liverpool. But point being, Lynx Golf, if you don't penalize yourself by losing a shot in fairway bunkers or pot bunkers around the green, wherever, right? Yeah, you're going to bogey some holes. But if you bounce back, it doesn't matter. You're just where you were. Two holes prior, right? And between lag putting and short ones that are inside 10 feet that look pretty flat but might have a little wiggle in them because these greens are built in 1794, you know what I mean? So, like, it's tricky to win one of these majors. And it's really tricky to win an open championship. And a lot of these guys, this is their favorite one. So, for Brian Harmon and Lifted Claret Jug, hey, you got to give him a ton of credit. And he'll always be a champion of Royal Liverpool and Hoy Lake. So, an outstanding tournament from him. And, listen, it's a lot of accolades. It's a lot of accomplishments. And if he doesn't make three more of those putts inside 10 feet, you know, pick which ones he has to make, right? Par saves or whatever to lose those shots and to come back to seven under or six, right? Would have been an entirely different tournament. But he was outstanding. And you got to give him a ton of credit. So my both things can be true, guys. Did I really want Brian Harmon to win a major? No, not really. But I also have to look at this performance and, you know, take my hat off at the 18th green and shake his hand and say, congratulations, you know, like classy thing to do. So Brian Harmon, 
Champion Golfer of the Year. Pretty cool stuff. So let's recap it. The 151st Open Championship. Round by round. First round, mild uh, weather. Scoring conditions really all day. There were 18 rounds in the 60s at the par 71. Hoy Lake. 47 rounds under par or even. Fleetwood, Grillo, and the amateur, Lampershat, shared the round of the day, 66. Fleetwood had a bogey at the six, but six birdies made up for that and more. Grillo had seven birdies, two bogeys to shoot that 66. Harmon, Rosner, and Otegi opened the tournament with four under 67s. Homa had four birdies, one bogey for a three under 68. Clark, Sink, Norin, Sharma, and Stewart also opened the tournament 68. Spieth at two under. After his first 18, five birdies, but a double at eight, a pokey at 18. He was not happy at 18, that's for sure. Matthew Jordan, the local, Siwoo Kim, Bjork, uh, Guido, and Wilson, 69s as well. Scheffler, Kepka, Shoffley, Hovland, Matsuyama, Cantley, Keegan Bradley, Patrick Reed, Peters, Bland, and the other Frenchman, not Rosner, Langesco, uh, one under 70s. The crew at even, Rory made a great par at 18. Um... Rory Hatton, Minwoo Lee, Straka, Power, 71. Group at plus one. Ricky, he was two under, headed into 18. He hit two out of bounds, finished with a triple. That's how you get the plus one on your 18th hole of round one. Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Jason Day, Matthew Fitz, Cam Young, 72s. Morikawa, Finau, Burns, Woodland, Grace, Henley, Stenson, Connor, Horschel, 73s, plus two. Crew at plus three. Rom, Rose, DeChambeau. DJ, Tom Kim. Tom Kim got hurt, by the way, and that just set up for a hell of a tournament from him because he opened up with a three over 74. Harrison goes Zach Johnson and Ernie Yells plus four. Uh, sorry, Tom Kim opened up with 74 plus three. My apologies. Phil plus six. The Gala plus eight. JT is lost plus 11. I, I love JT. I think his wrist is really screwed up. Something else is screwed up because when he's going, I don't think he had that tape on his wrist. It's bigger now. I wouldn't be shocked if something's really wrong in his wrist. I really wouldn't be. Second round. They changed the bunkers to add more sand to the front of the... Uh, up against the faces there to make it a little easier because it almost seemed like they had taken sand away from those fronts to have just brutal lies in those faces of those bunkers. Um, no rain on Friday. The wind picked up a touch as the day went on. Scores just, what, two-tenths worse than Thursday, I believe it was, the scoring average. 15 rounds in the 60s, 47 rounds under par. Harmon, 6-under, 65 was the round of the day. We had 24 players under par for the tournament, 29 players even par or better for the tournament after two rounds. So Harmon was 10-under, following up that opening round, 67, with a bogey-free 65, four birdies in a row on the front, Chip in for par on 12 and an eagle at 18. That was a hell of a round from Brian Harmony. Tied Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy. 132 strokes after 36 holes. Largest lead after 36 holes at an Open Championship since 1934. There were 19 other instances in major championships where a player held a 36-hole lead of five or more strokes. All of them went on to win, including Brian Harmon. All before one on to win, my apologies, out of these 19. Eight out of the last eight, now nine out of the last nine. Last player who failed to convert a 36-hole lead of five or more was Bobby Clamplett at the 1982 Open Championship. So that's the Harmon stats after his 36 holes. 
Fleetwood was five under, an even par 71, three birdies, three bogeys. He really couldn't get it going on Friday, and that really continued into the weekend for Tommy Fleetwood, unfortunately. Seb Straka was solo third, four under, with a 67. Jason Day, Minwoo Lee, Sharma, the crew at three under. Spieth, a even par 71. He stayed at two under. Uh, Cam Young at two under as well. Otegi and Grillo there. Rory was one under after another nice play at the 18th hole. Homa backed it up to one under. Clark, Jordan, Matthew Jordan, the local. Sink, Stenson, Guido, Southgate, Lawrence, Hogard, Rosner, Bland, Cantor, Stewart also at one under after 36 holes. Hovland backed it up to even par, as did Matsuyama. Tom Kim got it back in to even par after struggling on the opening round. He finished Friday with a 68. Bjork and Seam also at even par. Answer Norman Peters at one over. Rom, Fitz, Cam Young, Shoffley, DeChambeau, Hatton, Reed, M, ZJ, Corey Connors, Woodland, and Alex Fitzpatrick in at two over. The crew just making the cut at three over. Scheffler, Kepka, Adam Scott, Ricky, Cantley. Scheffler needed a big hole on uh, 18 coming in. He had a really nice shot out of the bunker. Morikawa missed the cut after 73-73. Keegan Bradley missed the cut as well. They were both four over. Bigala, Neiman, and English finished five over. Rose, Finau, Horschel, Burns finished six over. Schwartzel, Lowry, Siwoo Kim at seven. Nine over was Phil Mickelson's score after two rounds. JT finished at 11 over. TJ finished at 13 over. So we go to the weekend. Third round. Good enough weather again. Patches of some bad stuff. Some places on the golf course it was raining. Other places it looked fine, which is crazy. But that's, that's England weather for you. So... Some patches of the bad stuff, but overall still good enough. 27 rounds in the 60s, 56 rounds under par even. Big moving day. And it got started early with John Rahm's 8-under 63, the round of the tournament. 38 players under par for the tournament after three rounds. 40 players even par or better. Harmon shoots a 2-under 69 after two early bogeys. He got it back, and he got his lead to... Five over Cam Young, who shot seven under for the tournament at this point, a 66. One bogey, six birdies for Cam Young. Rom was bogey for eight birdies. Lowest round at Hoy Lake in an open. Ties the second best round in a major ever in his career low in a major. John Rom got to six under solo third, headed into the final day. Fleetwood again could not get it going. Another even par 71. Jason Day was also 5-under for the tournament, as was Hovland, Strocker, Rosner, Alex Fitzpatrick, and Schwarma were 4-under fits at a 65 on moving day. Rory, a 2-under, 69, 3-under for the tournament. Tom Kim followed up his 68 with another 68. Grillo, Matthew Jordan, Dearty, and Hogard were also at 3-under. Spieth with another 71, kept him at 2-under for the championship. Matthew Fitzpatrick, at two under, as was Matsuyama, Homa, Minwoo Lee, Im, and Lagaskun. Cam Smith at one under with Shoffley, Ricky, Cantlay, Clark, Hatton, Connors, Reed, and Stenson, Sink, Stewart, Guido, Bjork, and Bland, Potson, and Todd at even. Peters answer and Norman plus one, ZJ plus two, Adam Scott plus three, and Scheffler and Kapka. Both one over 
72s. They were plus four after three rounds. Fourth round, open weather on Sunday. Rain on and off, misty, then bigger uh, sections of heavier rain and harder drops. Wind was up 13 rounds in the 60s, 28 rounds under par or even. Scheffler, Tom Kim, Veronic shot 67s to share the round of the day. 22 players finish under par for the tournament. 32 players under par, uh, even par or better for the tournament. And Harmon on Sunday, two early bogeys again at two and five. The one at five, he had to take that drop, made six at that par five. Immediate bounce back with back-to-back -back birdies at six and seven. So right away, got it back to 12 under. Dropped a shot of 13 to drop to 11, but then back-to-back -back birdies of 14 and 15 got to 13 under, and that's where he finished with a one under 70 for his round on Sunday, 13 under for the championship. Rom a one under 71, got him tied second with Jason Day, Tom Kim, and Straka. Tom Kim shot 70, uh, 67, so what an effort from Tom Kim, man. What an effort. Rory, a three under 68. Sorry, yes, 368, not good enough. He got the 600. Started Saturday and Sunday both hot. The opening, what, four or five, six holes there. And then from about 8 to 14, struggled. And then kind of right of the ship coming in, but it was tough out there for Rory. Cam Young finishes tied 8 with Schwarma. Tommy Fleetwood finishes tied 10th with Max Homa and Matthew Jordan, the local, which is a really cool story. Hovland, uh, tied 13th, one shot out of another top 10. Stenson, Matsuyama, Deardy, as well, 300. Shoffley, Cantor, Alex Fitz, tied 17th, 2-under. Tied 20th, Hatton, M. Rosner, 1-under. Crew at even par, tied 23rd. Scheffler, Spieth, Ricky, Norrin, Sink, Southgate, Moronic, Oosthuizen on Hoggard, plus one. Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantley, Patrick Reed, plus two. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Min Woo Lee. Woodland finished plus five. DeChambeau finished plus seven. Kepka finished plus eight. Rom couldn't follow up the 63 in tough conditions, but another good finish in a major championship. He's stacking top tens. He's stacking top fives, and he did get that second uh, with the green jacket earlier this season. Rory, another top ten in a major. The drought is now 10 years, 20 top tens in majors. Since his last triumph at Valhalla in the PGA at 2014. It's tough. Um, it's tough to be a Rory fan. Rory and Spieth, to be honest. Them being my next guys after Tiger. It's it's tough. It's tough. Because Spieth is all over the place and then he'll miss a six-footer. And you're like, you used to make six-footers in your sleep. What's wrong with you? Then he'll drain the 18-footer. He's like, you're back. And then he misses a three-footer for par. And you're like, you're, you're lost. Rory... He's putting himself in these positions and he just can't he can't make the eight to to fifteen footers that he needs to. You know, like when he gives himself a six footer, he, he usually makes them for birdie. He does a really good job with those. You know, when he throws a dart in. But it's those And then he shows you he can make a, a fifty footer, like, yeah, I made it. Of course I made it. You didn't think I was gonna make it like why can't you make it a 10-footer? So, another top 10, but no major championship again for Rory McIlroy. And we go on year 10 without him. 
getting a green jacket, as we know, because he's never got one of those. Lifting a U.S. Open trophy, lifting a Wanamaker, or drinking some beverages out of a Claret jar. So it's been tough to be a Rory fan. Even though he's finishing well, he's in these tournaments, he's fighting. It's just tough he can't finish them off. It sucks. Um, Cam Young, back-to-back top 10s in the Open after last year's second. Fleetwood never made anything after Thursday. Stiller's a top 10, but what's it going to take for Tommy Fleetwood to win, Not let alone a major, just win? I mean, this guy, he had so much support. I was going crazy for him on Thursday and Friday, and then by Saturday and Sunday, I just felt gassed rooting for Tommy Fleetwood and Roy McIlroy. I was just like, I can't do that. And Max, too. Max is killing me. Jordan's killing me. Collinwood Cow is killing me. Uh, JT is lost. You know, I don't know what it's going to take for Tommy Fleetwood to win a, win, a, win a tournament. I mean, the guy is so good. And he gives himself chances. You really hope he wins one soon. You really do. Tom Kim, youngest player to finish. Runner-up at the Open since Seve in 1976. Did it on a bum ankle. Outstanding, gutsy, ballsy performance from Tom Kim. Gotta love that young guy. And then Max, I mentioned Max before, top 10, his best finish in a major, his first top 10 in a major. That feels good. If you're a Max fan, you got to be proud of our, our guy after those four days because we've gone in steps with Max. It was, you know, hey, that guy's kind of funny. I like him. I hope he I hope he makes it. And he makes it on the tour. Okay, I hope, I hope that guy competes and gets in some majors and then wins. Competes, wins, gets in some majors. I hope that guy does well in majors. He deserves it. He's got a really good attitude. Hasn't done it until last week. Top 10. Max should be really, really proud of himself. And I hope he is. Now, the course. I love that course. I think it's really, really cool. I think it's playable. I understand people complaining about the out-of-bounds. If they didn't have the internal out-of-bounds on 3 and 18, they would literally just take off so much of the hole. Yardage-wise. So I'm fine with that. 17th hole played a little tough. I understand people getting upset about that. Fine, whatever. Um, I thought they set the golf course up fine. A lot of those par fours with no wind are like iron wedge. Some of them, if you're a long guy. You don't even hit driver on a lot of these holes. And then they turned up the fan on Sunday. That's for sure. The man upstairs. So um, I like the course. Obviously pretty finicky with the they got to get in the shuttle for the practice facility and all that kind of stuff. And the real first hole is the, the third hole and all that. Whatever. Who cares? Now, I got no bad words for the course and the RNA. What I do have problems with is NBC. And you can be like, AJ, you've always been a CBS guy. We know you love Nance. We know you don't like Dan Hicks. We know you hated Johnny Miller. We know you like Faldo more. Fair. I will say this about NBC. Smiley Kaufman is very good. They're on course, guys. Wood. You know, Faxon's pretty solid. I, I don't hate all of the NBC team. Let me just say that. Good to see Mike Tirico doing golf. Where was he at LA, by the way? I'd love to know. But Hicks and Azinger. Dan Hicks is terrible. I'm sorry. 
And I, I understand he's a popular guy, you know, in the business. His wife's Hannah Storm, you know, cross networks. I'm, I'm sure he's a popular guy. He's good at swimming with Rowdy Gaines. He is so bad at golf. He doesn't know where his sentences are going. Okay. He doesn't know anything about the game. He's so bad. Dan Hicks is terrible. Now, Azinger, you know, I used to not mind him, and I figured it out why. He was never the guy in the tower on 18 for Saturday and Sunday. Because when he was with ESPN, and Curtis Strange and those guys with Van Pelt and Tariko when Tariko was there, those were Thursday and Fridays at the PGA and Augusta and even the Open for a little bit there. Right? But he was never the guy in the tower on 18. These first few majors with him have been really bad. He is, he contradicts himself sentence after sentence, statement after statement. This ball's going to stop. This ball's going to check. There it goes. Uh, this putt's left to right. It goes left. I don't think he's going to take it on here. He seems like he's a conservative player, pulls driver. And he's a good player in his own right. You know, fiery American, help win Ryder Cups, all that stuff, major championship. He's not good. And him and Hicks together are horrendous. And listen, I don't remember a ton of Kenny Venturi. You know, I really don't. I, I'm not, I don't want to grade out Immelman yet. Because I think he's okay. But I'm not sure. Faldo has been excellent throughout my lifetime. So I was sad to see him go. Immelman, I don't have a grade on yet. Venturi, I didn't see a ton of. Faldo's one. Azinger and Johnny Miller are terrible. Johnny Miller, the guy who had the yips famously, acted like he was so above it that someone could hit a bad shot in his presence. Double curls, right? So... I have knocked NBC for a long time, NBC Golf. That's fair. But I have given them the credit when they deserved it. Now, they don't deserve a bit of it over the weekend and this tournament because the production level between going to playing through and not showing golf shots on playing through and then coming back and being like, while we were away, like that's what playing through is for, to show golf, even though you barely show any golf, right? So that's right away. Number two, there were way too many commercials. Number three, we lost track of players. A lot. Okay? A lot. The audio was terrible. The graphics were terrible. The production was horrendous. The, com the level of commercials, the amount of commercials was horrendous. So we're going to need ESPN and CBS to get their act together and get at least one of these majors back from NBC. Because NBC is terrible. Terrible. All right. That's it for the golf soccer transfer rumors. Now, Man City, Guardiola still the main target. Word from Rebel Leipzig is that the offers that have been made aren't even close. So he's still our player. So we'll see what happens. Pep has said that he wants Kyle Walker to stay, even though Bayern Munich want Kyle Walker. And we know Cancelo and Silva and some of these other guys are on their way out, but we don't know where they're going yet. So nothing really out of Man City, 
Arsenal, nothing of note for any incoming players or outgoings yet. Liverpool, I mean, since we left you last week, Henderson to the Saudis, done deal, should be official soon, if not on um, Wednesday. Fabinho in the Saudi league, that deal's held up. Apparently, it had to do with his dogs. Now, it doesn't have to do with his dogs, so who knows. But Liverpool seem to have been on the move, looking to replace them with Lavia from Southampton, who and Liverpool have finally made a bid, apparently. So that's the news there. Manchester United. Hodgland from Atalanta. They really want a bad. Apparently, PSG might get involved to start a bidding war, but who knows? They probably won't do that. So they want to sign Hodgland. Then they want to sign Amrabat, um, the Moroccan defensive midfield star from the World Cup. And... Really got Morocco to a, that semifinal, and they were outstanding. So, man, you want him. And because Casemiro, and I said it last year, is a short-term guy. You can't expect him to be your DM for four years of, like, this guy's our number six, and we can develop around him. Like, no, you got to bring in somebody as well. So, here comes Amrabat, which is good. That being said, McTominay might be... Going to West Ham, that's gaining momentum. And they've already moved on from Anthony Langa, who's going to Nottingham Forest. So that's the main news. Chelsea, Caicedo talks still on um, with Brighton. Even though Caicedo is with Brighton and practicing and, and training and playing in the friendlies. Apparently, Chelsea also wants Kudis from Ajax because Gallagher wants out. West Ham apparently bid for him. They sold the Bumayang to Marseille and Lazio are making the move. For Hudson and Oe. So it's still more transfers in and out at Stanford Bridge for Bowley's Chelsea Tottenham. Levy's been told by the owner to sell Harry Kane. Bayern or PSG are the landing spots. Colo Munani could be the new number nine for Tottenham if Kane is on the move. And the news for the defenders of Tottenham Romero wants to stay. He says he likes Premier League football and he wants to stay at Spurs. And they are seeking bids for Davidson Sanchez. And they are getting bids for him. So he'll be on the move. Now the other teams in the Prem. Newcastle make Harvey Barnes official. So they get him from the relegated Leicester. And they're going to move St. Maximin to Saudi League probably. Uh, Inter have bidded for Emmy Martinez from Aston Villa. So if Aston Villa get a deal they can't, you know, can't refuse. They're going to have to get a new goalie in there. Because he's been really, really good for them. He's been really, really the backbone of that team, keeping them in games, making big saves. Um, you know, keeping the match at nil-nil or keeping it at one-nil them or even one-nil down, you know, not to go two-nil down. He's been outstanding. He's been outstanding, Emmy Martinez. So if he goes to Inter to replace Onana, the goalie cycle continues. Doherty going back to Wolves after his time with Atletico. Diaby going to Villa. That's a good move. I always thought Diaby could play. Um, he would he would be a good player in the wing in the Bundesliga. I think he could play in the Prem. Crystal Palace has sold uh, Zaha to Galatasaray. So the Zaha error in Chris, um, Sellers Park is done. More London news. Fulham lock in Marco Silva after he was getting uh, attention from the Saudi League to come manage over there. They add Jimenez. They want Salsulo next because they're going to sell Mitrovic. Mitrovic has decided that he didn't want to play anymore for Fulham. 
They're like, okay, we'll just get Raul Jimenez and we'll sell you. And that's what it, it's come down to. Everton get Danjuma on a season-long loan. PSG and Mbappe, the developing situation continues to develop. Saudi League bids $300 million for a year-long loan to PSG. They're going to pay Mbappe $700 million for one season if he comes plays in the Saudi League because they know that Mbappe already has a deal with Real Madrid in 2024. Real Madrid was like, we could get you this year, but they're going to hold out. They might not give us a fair price. So if Mbappe is cool with sitting out a non-World Cup, non-Euro year of his early career still in Saudi Arabia, he's going to make a boatload of money, then just go to Real Madrid next summer. So that's where we stand with PSG and Mbappe. PSG, I believe, have accepted the deal. $300 million is still a hell of a lot of money for a player that you're going to lose in a, in a season anyway for free. So you take that. You say, get out of Europe for a season. We'll see you in Champions League next year <laughs> when you're playing for Madrid. So that's the latest with Mbappe. Insane situation. Insane situation. Bayern have sold Sabitzer to Dortmund. Sabitzer came to United on a loan in last uh, last January at the end of the season for United. So back to Bayern, and Bayern were like, nah, you're out. So they move him to Dortmund. They want Riot from Brentford because they're going to move on for Summer, who might go to Inter if Inter don't get Emmy Martinez. So that's the goalie cycle again. AC Milan want Chigouzie, and Juventus want Kessier from Barcelona. So those are some links in the Italian League, Serie A, Saudi League, Saudi Mane, possibly moving on from Bayern after one season in the Saudi League. I wouldn't be shocked if he's there. Just kind of hasn't worked out for Bayern. What, he slapped Sané around, right? I think he slapped Leroy Sané around and got suspended, and Tycho came. It was a whole thing. Whole big thing there in Munich. So that's the story with some soccer transfer rumors. How about some NFL headlines now? Really, just before I started recording, Justin Herbert, Chargers, five years, 262 contract extension. I believe 139 along that is guaranteed with the incentive that he could earn another, like 199 out of that to make that the 213 that's guaranteed, something like that. I don't know what the hell it is. Insane contract, but that's what these quarterbacks are making. And the Chargers, we're going to have to sign him at some point. You'd rather do it as soon as you can so that you don't get him to hold out or he doesn't sit out or any of these things. So good move by the Chargers. They lock up Herbert. He gets his big deal. And um, it's going to be tough to build around him with that contract. But if you have guys already under contract, that's a pretty good job. The... Running backs, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, a bunch of running backs. McCaffrey had a Zoom call about talking about their worth and all this stuff. And then really the next day, Saquon Barkley and the Giants agreed to a deal, one for 11 mil. So that's less than what he would have gotten if he signed the tag, I believe. So a very interesting play by Saquon Barkley, who I guess did it for his teammates and the fans more than he did it for himself, which is come to camp 
on a very short-term deal, a one-year deal on money that he should be making more of, but he didn't hold out. So interesting there. More extensions. Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs, 5 for 97 for the corner, the all-pro corner, I should say. And you got to hope Zach Martin's up next because Zach Martin is holding out a Cowboy camp in Oxnard. Speaking of holdouts, Nick Bosa holding out a Niners camp. So one of the premier defensive players in the league trying to get some more money out of his team. The NFL approves the commander's sale to the Harris Group. So Dan Schneider, see you later. A lot of people saying that they wouldn't be shocked if the new ownership tries to change the team name to really just get rid of all the Schneider stuff, which would be pretty interesting how many team names they've gone through. But that could happen again, I guess. Giants sign Cole Beasley and uh, Robinson. So the Giants making some moves there. Jimmy G passes his physical for the Raiders. They also signed Marcus Peters to help their back end. Ravens signed Melvin Gordon for some depth in the backfield. Lions trains for Denzel Mims. They trade a conditional six for Mims and a seventh back from the Jets. Jets really want to move on from Mims. Everybody knows that. Titans and fired the star safety restructure deal. So that opens up some cap space for them. Bills, Naheem Hines is out for the season, unfortunately. A jet ski accident where his jet ski was stationed. He was just sitting on it. Another jet ski came and hit him, apparently, which is insane. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, Tony for the Chiefs could be ready for the opener after suffering an injury. And the Saints signed Jimmy Graham. I had to like do a triple take on this because I was like, is this a prank? What year is it? Am I in a time machine? What year is it? Is it a one-day contract? Is he actually playing? What year is it? So Jimmy Graham back with the Saints. Pretty wild. That's that's pretty wild. And in the college football world, Jim Harbaugh is getting ready to be suspended for the first four games of Michigan season after apparently buying some burgers that he shouldn't have bought and then when they said, hey, did you buy those guys burgers? He said, no, I didn't buy them burgers. <laughs> and they bought them burgers. So Harbaugh suspended for alleged false statements to compliance in the NCAA. First four games of Michigan's schedule, all home games. ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, three out of conference. And then Rutgers comes in to the big house to open up the Big Ten schedule for the Maze and Blue Michigan Wolverines. So Harbaugh likely to miss all four of those ones trying to negotiate a um, a lighter suspension. And I know I didn't touch on it before in soccer, but Messi coming to MLS, first game, winning the game with a free kick. I mean, that's insane. That's just really stuff of legends. I see that he's already scored again in the, in the second game. So... It's awesome. It's awesome that he's here. I'm glad he's not one of these guys that took the Saudi money, to be honest. Um, but that's just a personal opinion. You can disagree with me. That's fine if you're a Ronaldo guy and you're like, well, what's that supposed to mean? It means what it means. So, And I don't hate Ronaldo. Like, Don't get me wrong. He's an outstanding player. Never on one of my teams, so I never really liked the guy. But I don't hate him as a person. Is he a vain guy? Yeah, a little bit, but wouldn't you be? I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? You're on top of the world in the world's biggest sport. Wouldn't you be a little lean? Well, I guess you could be Lionel Messi, but hey. And I read that somewhere, and it's really the truth. The best thing about Messi is he doesn't realize he's Messi. 
that's a really nice statement and really nice thing to say. So, all right. Um, we'll talk about the football schedule next week, probably back to twice a week that second week of August, I believe the Prem starts. Yeah. So I think Tuesday the 8th and Thursday the 10th, we re we come back to twice a week. So one show next week and then two the following second week of August. I believe that's what we will do. And then I have the rest of the football schedule with the with the over-unders and the um, season previews and all that. So we will do all that. In the coming weeks, football schedule will be released next week as well in next week's show. Last week of one show per week next week. Okay? All right. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed the golf, the major championship season. Little bit of a dud with the last two. I mean, Rom was cool, and I kept winning again, I guess, but I'm not a Brooks guy because of the live stuff, obviously. So not the best major championship season of all time for golf, but a good one nonetheless. So that's it for majors and golf. We'll obviously talk FedEx Cup and stuff, but football, 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 football. Coming. All right. Until next week. Have a great weekend. Peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.